we are live with another episode of Being Human. I'm delighted to say I'm here with Gilbert Bates. He's a multiple author and a genovial primal therapist, and we'll explain what that is. Uh, he is not uh, a psychologist uh, or a psychiatrist, um, and he will explain to us why he does not uh, use those labels. But Gilbert, a very warm welcome to the show. Thank you, Richard. Glad to be here. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a great pleasure to have a fellow Primaler on here. Uh, we have that in common. We both uh, went to the Primal Center in Venice, uh, C California, and did a lot of healing work there. And uh, we will uh, yeah, explain what all of that is about and, and this whole, uh, the, uh, whole set of ideas associated with that original work of Arthur Janov and, and Primal uh, therapy, which has been certainly for me, um, yeah, the most powerful uh, healing work that I've done in my life. It's transformed my life. Um, and it sounds uh, to me from what I've read from your book, it's had a similarly profound effect for you. Um, so Gilbert, for, for our listeners who don't know you, uh, could you give us a little bit of your, your backstory? You're in Sydney right now. But, you know, uh, and and leading up to you taking an interest in this in this healing art of, of primal therapy. Um, okay, how long have I got? As long as you like. Um, well, the, my background is that I had a. What's uh, important is I had a um, a violent father when he when he got it was okay when he was sober when he was. Um, drunk, he, which was fairly often, he got violent and he bashed my mum and he threatened the lives of us children. Um, so, it, and your life went along pretty well until at age 46, I had a breakdown um, and suffered from suicidal depression. So, I ended up going to a psychiatrist and he basically put me on tablets and said I'll have to be on them for the rest of my life. And I thought, I know I need those tablets now to calm me down, but but I'd rather kill myself than be on tablets for the rest of my life. It was like a robot. So I was on tablets for about eight or nine months and eventually took myself off. But meantime, I, I went to, to the spiritual side of things or the shaman side. I went to a shaman type people um, that, that understood more about feelings. Um, and, and they actually got me to cry, but, but did, did some other exercises too that were interesting because when I read the, when I picked up the book, The Primal Scream by Alta Yanov, I understood where I'd been in those, in those shamanistic practices that I was, that I went to. I went to them to try and find out what was wrong with my brain. My psychiatrist couldn't tell me what was wrong with my brain and what I could do about it. So that's why I went looking elsewhere. Um, so eventually I went to, I found, I picked up the book called The Primal Screen by Arthur Yanov, and I thought that made sense to me. I understood a little bit about what my brain was doing. And so when I was halfway through the book, I realised that I, I made up my mind that I was going to go to America to have this therapy. I, I knew the tablets weren't any good. So I went to America to in 2004 for a couple of months to do the three weeks of therapy, and it was... It was very eye-opening. Uh, the, yeah, the therapist, the, the psychiatrist told me that I may be on tablets for the rest of my life, but with primal therapy, you don't take tablets, you don't take any medication, 
what you do is you dig down deep into your mind through the three levels of mind, the intellect, the feelings, and the sensations. And the sensations is where my um, suicidal depression had its beginnings. And that's where I ended up in primal therapy. So um, I just got to collect my thoughts for a while to see where I go from there. So that's the, I was, I was um, thrilled that I'd found it. And primal therapy also told me what was wrong with my brain and what I could do about it. And so that's the journey I've been on for that since 2004, nearly 20 years now. And I'm still going, I'm still cleaning out my primal pain, but my life has changed dramatically, absolutely dramatically. Um, and so that's what I want people to know, that it's it's not, a, it's not, we've got to leave that intellectual stuff alone and dig deep into our feelings and then go deeper still into our sensations. And that's where the dysfunction in my brain was. It's where the dysfunction in everybody's brain is. It starts deep in the brainstem and this evolutionary principle principles behind that which i would like to talk about later on great yeah um thank you for that introduction so and and to give people a glimpse then of the of the benefits before we start diving into the mechanics of this um yeah how did your life transform you know what started to happen as you dug deep into these feelings and these sensations The transformation occurred when, when I was dealing with depression. The, my depression went slowly, but every time I had a big series of primals, I felt better. So that, so that rather than depression taking me out for a week or a fortnight at a time before I could regain some composure, it got down to, to the depression would last two to three days perhaps, and, and then, it would, then I'd be okay. And, and, and as I went through therapy, that um, that period of time got shorter and shorter, so that so that now I know that if I wake up in the morning, I'm depressed. I'll, I'll be fine by night. You know, might last half a day now, and and I right. don't suffer very much. I don't suffer from depression very often at all. Before it was every month or so. Yeah, you know, every that I'd, <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember back that far, but I used to suffer terribly from it, and, and suicidal yeah. thoughts were awful, were awful things to put up with. But I don't have to put up with that now. It, it's it's probably there, but only ten percent, and I know that it, it gets better and better. So, so that's the biggest thing. The, the other thing I've got to say is that when the depression left me, and 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 my the, the anxiety started to come through, when they started to, to dig inside my brain, I realised I was very anxious as well. So. I've been dealing with that as well because I live with a violent father, and so yeah. I was born into anxiety, and I didn't know that I was so anxious until I went to primal therapy and I started to deal with it. Now, getting rid of depression and getting rid of the anxiety has just freed up my life no end. I can, I can talk to people more openly, and and I, and I understand what my brain's doing. That's the thing. I understand what's going on in my brain, and I understand what's going on with the rest of the world and why their brains are so dysfunctional. So that that's you know, it's given me the incentive or the passion and power to do something about that. Yeah. Um, and the, the the other thing that that's that's really difficult to get across with this therapy is that feeling comes back into your life. I, for instance, when I was when I was standing at the altar, twenty one years old, getting married, I remember thinking, I can't feel anything. I'm supposed to be in love with this person, but I. I just can't feel anything. 
Now, now when you suffer, when you suffer primal pain or trauma, it squashes the whole system down. Your, your feeling system um, gets squashed. Your immune system gets squashed. You can't sleep properly. All sorts of things. When you, when you, when I, as I get rid of that primal pain, my sleep gets better. Um, but, but I, but I also, I also feel like I. Sometimes I touch my face like that and it feels zingy, you know, like it's never been like that before. So that's what I even love to scratch my arm. They go, oh, it goes zingy. And I thought, wow. So, so that's the level of feeling. But it's, it's, difficult to, it's difficult to give that knowledge to anybody else because it's, it's knowledge that you have to experience. You have to experience getting rid of that primal pain and then, and then being able to feel. But that was a, one of the things that was surprised me that when the, Depression and anxiety went. There was, there was it, within this space, the love and the feeling came into that space. That's quite powerful. Right. Yeah. I totally relate to that. Um, I can remember when I started on my journey and ever, anybody would ask me how I felt. My only ever answer was, I'm fine. That was all I could muster. Yeah. Yes. I'm, I was so shut down before this work. And uh, uh, yeah, it wasn't until I started digging deeper. So, so give people an illustration of how this works then. What what is a primal and and how do you go through this process of of descending these levels of of consciousness of the brain? Um it, we we have to look at the brain in a different way to what the the local uh the or the current medical profession do in in that it's they go two down which is the intellect down into the emotions. I don't think they really quite understand feelings. So, so primal, primal therapy actually digs deep into the sensations. Oh, what happens in our intellect really starts in our sensation mind. So, so at the start of a, of, a, of a primal session, we start with the intellect and, and basically whatever comes out of your mouth, the people don't realise is, is basically attached somehow to the to your sensation mind. That's where it starts. Um, so primal therapy is the is evolution in reverse in that it, you start in the intellect, then you start the first few months of therapy, you you try and connect the patient to their feelings, their underlying feelings, or what the situation is. Um, and, and then and then digging into going down into the sensation level it takes a lot longer. Yeah, it might be six or eight months before you can access that. But meanwhile you're working your way through the feelings. But it so a primal is when your is when your intellect connects with the underlying feeling, which a lot of people don't get to experience. And it, everybody that comes to therapy, none of them know how to connect their thoughts to the underlying feeling. They can get emotional, but they don't understand the feeling. And uh, and, and that's that's why it's difficult early in therapy. Difficult for the therapist, difficult for the patient, because you've got to learn that technique of connecting your mind to the actual underlying feeling. And, and and when you can do that, when you that that's what you call a connected feeling. That's what Yadav was so hot on. It's a connected feeling. And then when you go, that's on two levels. Then when you go down into the into the first line level of sensations in the brainstem, that's that's connecting on the three levels, the intellect, the feelings, and then the sensations. Then when you go down there, you come back up and then you say, then you understand why you were doing things. It's like I used to eat a lot of ice cream. When I went down into the sensation and 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 connected 
uh, wanting an ice cream with a hug from my mum, I realised why I ate so much ice cream. It wasn't the ice cream I wanted. It was the hug I didn't get from my um, mother, the hugs I didn't get from my mother. So I I had ice cream instead. Right. Now, you made a distinction there between emotions and feelings. You said someone might be emotional but not connected to their feelings. Yeah, explain that. Um, Well, I think this is something I write about in my book, a bit like the Gauss score, something I introduced. I I thought about it a lot. An emotion is something like um, crying. You can cry and you can be very, very emotional with it, but but people don't understand what the feeling is. You might say it's sadness, but... But what we do in primal therapy is we try and get to the underlying feeling, which is important. You've got to get to the, not the emotional part of it. This, see, the emotion is something that I say that we signal with to it to the fellow man. If I'm crying, it's obvious to you that I'm crying. That's the signal. But you have no idea what the feeling is underneath. So, right. so that's what we're at. You know what the emotion is. You know whether it's screaming or hysteria or whatever else but you don't know what's causing it and what's underneath it. When you do primal therapy, that's what that's important to connect to that, and that's the connected feeling in primal therapy. It doesn't deal so much in emotions. It uses emotions, but it uses it in a way that will take it. It knows. We know as, as a primal therapist, I know that your problems are at the feeling level, not at the emotional level. And, and, then, and then later on, that feeling will be connected to the sensations as well, you'll realise that, wow, this emotion that I had is actually connected to my sensational level, sensation level of mine to something that happened to me 40 or 50 years ago. And that's right. called insight. Insights are important. I do what I do today because of something that happened to me 50 years ago. Right. And... And just so people can understand it then, so if I'm crying that, and, and I might be emotional, that's, that's an outward signal. Yes. But what might be, and you, the, the, the feeling is something different to that. So it, it's not I'm sad, is it? Or is it? What, 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 yes, it what could do you be. mean? Well, it could be sad. It, it, it probably is sad, something like that. But, but why are you sad? People cry quite often. They don't know why they're sad. But, so it's a deep, and, but I don't know what the feeling is. It's a, it's, a, it's a very light bulb moment when people connect to the underlying feeling in therapy. And, and then when you connect the intellect to the underlying feeling, you lose the cognitive dissonance. People come in with their faces all strained and all full of cognitive dissonance. When you can get them to connect to the underlying feeling, the, their faces relax and they look much better. The cognitive dissonance goes because you're because your thoughts are in line with your feelings or your feelings are brought in. No, you, you, your feelings are true. It's only your thoughts that the way you think about things aren't, aren't, aren't real. So, so when you understand the feelings, you, your thoughts will be come out of the feelings and then they'll be real. Right, right. And that's oh, why it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, connected, connected feeling. Yeah, connected feeling. It's very important with the thought, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we des- descend a little deeper and we're into sensations. So, yeah, talk more about wh- what you mean by sensations in, in this context. I, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history about how we, how we evolved for that. Yeah. We, yeah. Um, 
500 million years ago, we were just a, a bit of a, a, a sponge or something on the bottom of the ocean with a with a mouth and an anus and a, um, a bit of a body with a, with a few neurons. So what we did then, we lived on our sensations. We sensed our, we sensed our environment. We sensed our food sources. We sensed danger. We sensed partners or whatever else, you know. But we didn't have a feeling mind and we didn't have a thinking mind to get in the road. Pure sensation. So that's what I'm talking about. That has been that has been put aside in this day and age, and, and we're all going all hell for leather for the intellectual side, and we're completely forgetting about that we still have. People used to describe it as our animalistic side, and we need to get rid of it. But that's far from the truth. We need to understand what it is, the power that it has, and then we need to live by it because it it shows us how to live. That's that's what I talk about in the book. We need that strong those strong sensations to guide us in our life, and that they're actually the basis of who we are. We and 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 love has its love has its beginnings in the sensation level of mind. And so and so we need to bring that to the fore. We need we need to understand what's going on. It's a very powerful force, but but because we're not using it properly. We are we we have dysfunctional brains because our intellect is separated from our sensations. Sensations are trying to tell us something, but we don't listen. We don't know how to listen. We're not taught to listen. So during primal therapy, we, we we're taught to listen. And and in actual fact, I say that I learnt that I had two brains. I had the intellectual brain, and if I wanted to do well in therapy, I had to listen to my listen to my uh, sensation brain and listen to what it was telling me and then obey that. It was fascinating. I found it fascinating. Apart from, the, apart from it being very painful going down there because that's where all the trauma and the primal pain is stored, I just, I just found it fascinating that the brain was working like that. When I was in therapy, I, I knew that I had to just, just to let go. I had to let go into that space and let it do its own thing to me to heal properly. And at a very mm. deep level, right, right. And so you and you said a couple of things there. So you also so you said that's where a lot of the pain is. It's also where yeah. the the love is. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But but touching on the pain, uh, firstly, so and just describe a little bit about what it means then to experience that pain. And I'm guessing there may be people listening here thinking, you know, no, thank you. I'd rather I'll, leave it down there. I'll, I'll put them off of therapy forever. <laughs> um, see, see, because love was probably with us 500 million years ago, it's a very powerful force in us. And, and if we don't, if we don't get that from our parents, it's 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 a death sentence basically. And so and so when you think about this. Love, not getting love, it's a death sentence. So that's the power that it has. That's the power that the, the sensations have. It's life or death. Okay, so so what was the question? <laughs> so the question is, yeah, like the people listening to the, the, this thinking who may feel daunted about taking, so it's one thing to connect, yeah, yeah. intellect to feelings and, and perhaps a lot of people who can get that, but then to drop another level into our sensations that may feel daunting for people. So just describe what it's like and, and why we need to, to do that. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's tremendously 
I, I, I used to get into states where I didn't know what pain was the worst, the emotional pain or the or the physical pain. Like when you get, get into a, the chest area and, and the pain starts, it's like someone's got a steel band around the chest and they're cranking it tight. That, that's the sort of pain. And, and I, I eventually got, when I first went down into that area, I could, I could handle it. Like it's like the, the, the pain was there and I could cry and feel the pain enough to, to, um, to, to let it go, you know. But, but as I got deeper and deeper into it, I found that I couldn't cry deep enough. I couldn't feel the pain deep enough to match the pain. That's how bad it was. The only way I could do it was just was was have four or five or six goes at it. You have a go at it, but oh, it's no good, and, and then you have a rest, and then you come back and try again, and eventually, eventually you get it. But I found that very, very demanding. It's a very demanding process. But, yeah. But 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 also very rewarding in the end. In in the end, you so like if, I, I know that if I go through this, I'm going to be a lot better out the other side. But it, it's just confronting it. It's awful. The, the yeah. other thing I want to say about that is, if we get to experience that, we will put in we will put in um, things in our community. I can't think of the word. But we'll, we'll be we'll be desperate not to give that primal pain to our children, knowing how easy it is and how deep it affects children. We will we will have systems that will make sure that children are loved as much as possible. Because once you have primal pain, it wrecks your life. Um, I ended up getting divorced. I stayed with somebody for 30 years and ended up having to get out of that and see the, either get fixed or I'll kill myself. That was how bad it was. Right. So but it shouldn't be like that. I, I wish we should have, you know, I should still be with my original partner in a, in a very loving relationship. But no, I got to go to primal therapy and get rid of my pain. So, so when you when people understand that, we'll, we'll put systems in place to make sure that loving children is is the number one priority of the human species. Not not our gross domestic product, but our getting all our children with a gal score of eighty or more. <laughs> well, not, you've mentioned something else there, gal score, which we can we can come on yeah, to. But basically, you mean yeah, you know, a high. Love quotient, let's say. Exactly, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, so we go into these sensations, we feel them. And for anybody who's familiar with, uh, I suppose, the tropes about primal therapy, you know, that's where we may get into a scream or we may get, and certainly in my case, I was, I, when I went that deep, I'd be convulsing. I'd be you know, doing these sort of snaky salamander movements where I just yes. kind of let my, my brainstem dominate, if you like, right? I, I just just sunk into that yes. animalistic primal state and kind of r- writhed out my pain. And you're yes. right, stred- incredibly uh, disruptive, demanding, and curative. I mean, that's 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 the message here, isn't it? We yes. we, we we take it because as we do that, we resolve the trauma. Uh, we absolve it from from the system. Um, yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Any, yeah anything yeah. else you'd uh, add about that? You know, that experience of getting deep into that pain. We, we need to get into that pain because because we we've repressed because we suffered the pain we've repressed all our feelings down 
and and like I said before, that represses everything else about us. It represses our immune system and and the way we sleep and that sort of stuff. But but when we when we let go of the primal pain and we feel that depth of pain, our system opens up again. So you become an open human. So that's how I start. When I started primal therapy, I was a very closed human and a very sick human in a lot of ways, mentally and physically. Now, now that I've done primal therapy, I'm a lot more open, and that's a lot better way to live your life. I can tell you, absolutely. Yeah, and all, it's that, like- all that all that pain I suffered all that years ago in primal therapy—it's just a bad memory now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I I relate to that. It's like we open our channel to the pool of primal pain and and the pool of primal love, right? And then yes, it all comes, exactly. comes, yes. Yes. comes comes flowing out. Um, now you mentioned something there—a gal score—and uh, to my mind, that that's something novel. I've not come across it. Um, it's a way. Well, you explain it. What 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 does GAL stand for, uh, and yeah, what what does it sig- signify, and and how can we use it? I, I want to I wanted a GAL score to put in my book, so I had something sort of concrete to build my story around, and it's something that we needed. So. Basically, a gale score is is your level of love score, global area of love score, and it goes from dog to a hundred. There's a there's a level at fifty that where between neurosis and psychosis, and I put myself at the level of fifty when before I started primal therapy because when I had my breakdown, I started to slip into psychosis because I could hear voices and things going on in my head that I had no control over. So I was slipping into psychosis. Um, the, the other the other marker I have is eighty on on the scale, and that was where uh, where my love started to flow. The oxytocin started to flow, and I can still remember the time where where I was um, had a had a female friend, and I I guess I kind of fell in love with her a bit, and uh, but was having dinner together, and we're just friends, but. But one night we had a bit of a hug, and and I I had this rush of what I I didn't know what it was at the time, but there's just this feeling overtook me, and I and that was it was like wet or weak at the knees, and I what the hell is this? <laughs> and um and so I, I I I had this overpowering urge to kiss her, but I didn't I didn't know what I was doing. So I got in the car and drove around the corner, and I thought I reckon that's oxytocin. I reckon I felt oxytocin. I was 60-odd years old, and I reckon this is the first time I've ever felt oxytocin flow through my body. And oxy, everybody knows oxytocin is the love hormone. And so, so that's why I set, the, set my target at, at, at 80, like the difference between neurosis and, and, um, and, and a loving, that like be, uh, be a mostly loving person, an open person. And I would sit myself at about 85 at the moment. <laughs> that's a... Um, because Great. I've still got more work to do, but uh, I've still got a bit of primal pain to deal with. I, I know I have. So, so that's what I've. Um, I, I believe it, it stands up to. It will stand up to scientific scrutiny. I, I believe I've been using it and operating on it. And a lot of people say it's it makes a lot of sense. So. Um, yeah, I don't know what more to say about it. It's it's a it's what, what, what's a hundred? What's a hundred, Gil? Oh, enlightenment, utopia. Right. <laughs> okay, 
pure love. It's pure love. pure love. I mean, I think of Rumi. I don't know if you're familiar with the poet Rumi. Oh, uh, yeah, a little bit, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm familiar with a lot of that, that stuff. I read a lot of those people. But, but what, they, what they miss out on is the understanding of, you, of the um, of sensation level of mind. Those people don't understand love a bit, but they don't, have no conception of what the sensation level of mind is because you have to experience that. And, and mm. as far as I know, Janoff primal therapy is the only therapy that, that will go deep enough, that will take you deep enough into your mind to experience that. Yeah. There may, I mean, there, there may be others out there, but I don't know. I haven't heard about them. Certainly I've heard, I've heard people describe certain styles of breath, breath work. Um, which appear on the surface, um, from my understanding, to get people to similar similar levels of depth. Uh, yeah, m- my question with some of those modalities is, are they as effective of, of connecting the three levels, right, and uh, and transforming those experiences into insights? Um, but still, yeah, it's certainly certainly we can say that the Janov primal therapy gets you there, gets you to that. That level of depth, absolutely, and and we touched on science before. I mentioned it again. Science will prove that one way or the other. Like we'll do ten people with general primal therapy, we'll do ten people with breath work, and see who comes out of it the best in a biological sense. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, that that would be awesome <laughs> if there were right, well funded trials on this. Um, yes. I don't see it right now. I mean, what's interesting is there are, and, and certain, certainly people claim with certain herbs, right, the, the ayahuasca and so on, can also induce you know, different states. And as you mentioned at the start of this conversation, these shamanistic practices, um, at least on the surface, appear to do something similar, have people engage in, 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 in these deeper feeling states. Yes, those... I believe those herbs can open up pathways in your in your brain that will take you to your. It sounds like they take you to your um, sensation level of mind, but there's no context. That's the problem. The general primal therapy has context. You start off in your intellect, so you know where you are. Then you go to your feelings, you know where you are, and then you go into your sensations, you know where you are. But but with those with those um, other drugs and well, all all sorts of drugs, they they. They tangle the mind, I guess, so that so that you can open what, up. Sorry, I missed that. They they do what with the mind? They pardon? You see, I I missed what you said. They something the mind. I missed the I missed the word. Oh, they they tangle the mind. I couldn't tangle. Tangle. Got it. Yeah. They tangle the mind, or they they send um, they send messages where they're not supposed to go. So you open up into these strange places that you don't understand, or people that take that. I I assure you. I, can't say Iwaska, that. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That one. <laughs> the people who take it, um, when they take it, they, they get some relief from their pain, but it's but it's only um, passing. They have to keep taking it. They're not they're not getting rid of their primal pain. Janoff primal theory, theory, theory sorry, Janoff primal theory says that you have to get rid of your primal pain, and I I thoroughly agree with that. And and those those drugs won't do that. Yeah, I mean, I have heard people report they've had those kind of experience, and and then afterwards they can they do make sense of to some extent of the experience. So I would right. agree, agree with you that, that what Janov primal therapy gives you that rich context. 
I'm, I'm not sure if people are incapable of taking any insight away from those plant-based experiences. Um, yeah, but, I don't quite agree with that. But see, once again, once again, that's that science will will yeah will prove that if they if they know what they're looking for and if we can bring them on side. But that's that's going to be the problem for for scientists to get to look at Genovian primal therapy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, maybe there'll be a scientist listening to this who gets inspired. <laughs> gets inspired. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, Richard, but I, but I don't want to get too excited about things because I've been there before. To set something up. Um, now, you talk about spirituality uh, in love and the th- three levels of consciousness, and yeah, what's you know, how has your view on spirituality changed with your primal experience? Well, spirituality is just love. I, I think. I think when you have pure love, that covers spirituality in spades, in ISIS or whatever you want it's, it's Spirituality is, I, I've, in, in my journey, I had some what, what most people would call spiritual experiences. But after I did primal therapy or while I was doing primal therapy, I realized they're just, they're just actions of the sensation level of mind. And, and, and the biggest one with that is, is a near-death experience. People say they're a, a spiritual experience, and and yes, I guess they are. I haven't experienced one, but 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 when they describe though, when they describe a near death experience, they they're really describing what love is. If you ever read, if you, if you read the per, every person's account of a near death experience, they're just about always describing pure love. If you want to understand what love is, read of a near death experience because because a near death experience is when you. For some reason, medical reason, you, you shut your intellectual brain down and probably even your feeling brain, and you so therefore you experience your sensation level of mind in its pure form without interruption from the intellectual mind, and that's what the spirituality is. That's what love is, and that's what our spirituality is. If you, I maintain that if you if you have love, hundred percent love, that's enlightenment, utopia, or whatever you want to call it. That's more spirituality than I can deal with, I can tell you. <laughs> okay. But why is it, it why is it that people when the, let's say their intellect and their feeling brain shuts down, that only experience the pure love and not the pure pain? Oh, they're off the fairies. <laughs> but 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 that's interesting to me. Why why it would be that the love comes up and not the pain? Um, it's a defense mechanism. In, in the early days, um, Yellow had a couple of people that that he that he pushed too hard. I feel he pushed too hard. That um, in the early days, we don't do that anymore. We don't push so hard. It's it's more specific these days than what it was then. And that's some of the problem with primal with general primal therapies that they made mistakes in the early days, and and it got a bad name. And science wasn't able to prove it, so it's like it's 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 a double whammy. I, I'm passionate about primal therapy, but I have to. We have to get rid of the past. We have to get rid of that the bad image that we got from the past. Um, so now I've got the question again. The, the question is right: if if in this near death experience, uh, the intellect shuts down, perhaps what? the feeling oh. shaped, shuts down, we have this pure channel to our sensations and our brainstem. Why is it that? It's pure love that comes up, and not a jumble of love and pain and and whatever else. Well, when when some people take drugs or whatever, 
Yeah, or drugs or, or the near-death experiences that you were just alluding to. I'm, look, I'm not quite sure. I, 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 think, I think some near-death experiences do open up into the wrong area of the brain and you experience, you experience the pain, you experience the horror. The, the, uh-huh. that, that happens more with the, with the other drugs, ecstasy and those things. Most times you'll, you'll connect to the, to the sensation brain and feel the love, but, but sometimes people open up into the pain and, and, and they experience you know, the terror of, of that pain, that the nightmarish, the nightmarish stuff. That's what they're opening into. Now, how, how, that, how that happens with, with, in a physical sense within your brain, I, I don't understand. I, I don't understand why, why for some people it opens up into love and for most people it opens up into love, but for a few people it opens up into the pain. I, I don't know how that works, but that's for scientists to work that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, that would, yeah, that would account for the, the bad trip, right? But but there are there are people in that went to therapy and Yellow pushed a bit hard and that then they suddenly believed in God or oh, Jesus was talking to me and the way I went. But like that's that's when you push somebody and rather than feel their pain, their pain's too much. Rather than feel the pain, they, they shut off from reality and go believe in Jesus or say, Oh, I'm I'm feeling love. In fact they're not. It's a defense mechanism. Right. Right. Um, we'll talk a bit about what you mean by a de- defense mechanism in this context. Well, when you have prolonged pain and you and you shut it away, because because if you experience if you experience prolonged pain as a child, you you probably just die, like you dis- disassociate or or you die. The pain's that much. And when when I'm reliving it during primal therapy, I I just relive it, you know, probably two or three hundred primals. That's how that's how much it is. But you, but but if you understand the the sensation level of brain won't overload you at this stage. People say we can't go there; it's too dark and won't come back. But the primal therapy is regulated now, where you can take a person. The person's got to learn to go to those dark places and know that it's he'll come back, or they or she, well, yeah. they will come back safely and that's what they need to learn one of the things you need to learn while you're doing therapy but you need to go to those dark places that you've never been to before didn't even know that you even had and know that that you'll come back a better person for it that's one of the things yeah and and the defense mechanism yeah explain well, well, you need a, you need a defense mechanism to keep the pain at bay. If you, you can do it intellectually by becoming a narcissist or what you think or what you believe um, with your belief systems. That's why we have crazy belief systems, all gurus, and that will tell you that you don't really need to have belief systems. You just need to live in the moment. But but we've developed belief systems to um, to, to keep the pain at bay, and you become uh, you become cold and. Unempathetic and and that sort of stuff, but but um, things like alcohol and cigarettes and talking too much and eating too much—they're all defence systems. Rather than feel your pain, you go. It's like me eating, going to the fridge and eat ice cream. Rather than feel the pain of not being loved with my mother, I'd go and have an ice cream and I'd feel better. Yeah. So and so it- that's what a defence system is. And and that's what we work with in primal therapy is to understand what your defense system is, and just to get under that so that we can allow the pain to come through. 
but defence systems are very strong, and defence systems are why the world's in such a mess. That dysfunction, why the brain is so dysfunctional. It makes your brain dysfunctional to keep all that pain suppressed. That's basically what it is. Yeah, and, and people have various defence systems. Like I just, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. The defense it's system we use to keep pain at bay, but the same defense system we use to keep the pain at bay, at bay also keeps other people at bay because if I get friendly with a woman and she comes close to me, I'm going to have to open up into my love. And, and, and as soon as you open up into your love, you're also going to open up into the pain at that level too. So you stay away from the laugh like your bloody life depended on it. Yeah, you're right. And so and so then your partner wonders, well, oh, no, he doesn't like me. <laughs> you know, I'm like Yeah. So so that that's why we have a lot of trouble with relationships, because we're all most of us are closed as human. The the, the primal pain in the in the human species is is horrible. Like you see it everywhere. You know, people struggling with, with mental illness, all types of mental illness. And that that's just primal pain and it's our defense system keeping us suppressed. And, and, and we're not meant to live like that. We're meant to live openly, openly with love. You know, express love, express love towards other people, towards our partners. Right. But we, yeah. we do it because our defense system keeps us away from it. Yeah. And how does that, that relate what you've just said to what you describe as the fatal flaw of the human species? Oh, the fatal flaw. <laughs> That's sort of something that I pursued in an earlier book. I was going to call the book The Fatal, the fatal Flaw, but the, the fatal flaw is, is our primal pain because we don't, we don't understand it. All the, all the psychologists and psychiatrists, all their study is intellectual. They stay in their intellectual brain. So that's our fatal flaw. We're not, we're not, we're not taught to go into our feelings and into our, the, in the brainstem sensations. And, and that's our fatal flaw. Yeah. We, need to, we need to bring all that out into the open and, and understand how the brain really works and how it works against us if we have primal pain so that we can do something about that. But we can't do anything about it if we don't understand it and don't know how strong it is. And that's where we are at the moment in, with our mental health understanding. We don't, yeah. we don't, understand, we don't understand the strength of our sin sensation level online and how it affects us yeah that's our fatal flaw and I, and I, I, put- I really i really like that idea and the, and the way that you've expressed it because all other animals don't have it right they're, they're automatically connected into their feelings and their sensations exactly, exactly. But humans have this great gift of the intellectual mind yes that that with it comes the potential for this fatal flaw yeah, this yeah. capability we have to stay separated, to create this gap between yeah. our conscious mind and our feelings and our our sensations. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh and the way back to love being loving and open is to accept that and start yes. the journey of connecting. Yes, to understand what's going on. Yeah. And, and, yeah, and what we need to do to correct it. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so much enjoying this conversation, Gil. Is, <laughs> is there anything that we haven't touched on so far that that you would like to share about on this on this um, topic? 
I, I'm I'm pretty wound up at the moment, so <laughs> I, there's, there's nothing coming to mind. But I, I would just say that that um, I, I, at some stage, I don't know whether we'll ever do another one, but it, sometimes you can give too much information, and the people you lose people. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure about saying anything else. Nothing comes to mind at the moment. Um, right. In in that line. Yeah. I I think we touched on it in the fatal flaw and how much we can change the human condition if we just understand our fatal flaw. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Okay. And and then you see you've got you've got this the latest book the dysfunctional brain one cause one cure. Um, yes. What what's in the works? Is that is there anything else coming up up for you, Gil? <laughs> Give all I tried secrets. Um, um well there is. It, it, um there's two things. There's two things that we need for our survival. See, I'm I'm great on this evolutionary aspect of where we are. There's two things we need for survival. One is the one is the need for survival, like like to stay alive. We've got to stay alive. So so we have a powerful a, a powerful urge to stay alive, except when you get bloody suicidal and you want to kill yourself. But that's crime or pay. The other thing, the other thing that that evolution does, so that we keep our genes going, is that that it needs to reproduce. Now. And, and so in, within the human species, that involves the sex act or making love. I'd prefer to say it's making love. So as a species, we've got that terribly mixed up, terribly, terribly mixed up. It's awful. It's awful. What we're doing to, our, to the power of our sexuality is just shocking. And so I'm going to write a book about that, the human sexual response, what it is and what it should be, what we have right. at the moment. And the contrast between what we have at the moment and what's possible is is like not light and day, and I, I want to write about that. Excellent. I, I suppose I'm a bit of a sexual person, and I come from that. See, see, that's one of the things that that that's that's comes better with my feelings. I could hardly feel my sexual response when I was married 21 years ago. I was so shut down. My sexual response now in my 70s is is. Fifty times better, or 50, twenty times better than what it was when I was in my bloody teenage years, because I'm open now. Everything's open, so it's like the, my sexual feelings are a lot stronger, and I'm starting to experience the the joy of the feminine, like like to look at a woman and and not look at her as a sex object, but as a a thing of beauty. And 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 evolution has given me the given me the power to see the power of the feminine in a woman, and I, I just think that's absolutely remarkable. Is something that I've gained through primal therapy. The power to stand up against that, to, to meet it toe to toe, is I, I think it's amazing. See, all this pedophilia and stuff, it's, it's, the, it's our sexuality gone stupid. It's part of our fatal flaw that we don't. It's, it's sexual power expressed in the wrong way. And we need to understand what that is. It's, it's, it's the same as, as domestic violence, where a husband's supposed to be in love with a wife and he, and he punches her out, like my father did to my mother. It's a bit, but it's still going on, and, and, and people still 
men still kill their wives and wives still kill their children. That's why they even tend to kill their husbands. It's it's their sexual force gone wrong. Yeah. Because because we've got primal pain, we should be ba- uh, we should be about bashing your mother, but I, I don't want to. Be careful what I say there, because during therapy, I killed my father. I had to kill my father. So, but but I don't want to recommend. I don't recommend you go and do that in in live life. You can do it in therapy, but not. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Yeah. Uh, 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 it's, the same, it's the same with a man punching out his wife. You should be punching out your mother, not your wife, because that's where the problem is. And you should, well, you should be punching out your mother in therapy, right? You know, in therapy, well, as a as a role play, yeah. yeah. Well, even so, even so, if you if you really want to punch someone, go and punch your mother. Your wife doesn't deserve it. But but yeah, I wouldn't say go and punch your mother. Say deal with it in therapy, my friend. Deal with it in therapy. I understand what you're doing. Understanding it's not your wife, it's your mother, and do something about it. But don't go home and punch your bloody mother out because you end up in jail, and she doesn't deserve it either. Because the whole human species is going down the bloody tube. It's not just mum's fault or dad's fault. It's the whole, it's whole of society's fault that we don't know what we're doing. Right. Or yeah. The um, whole society needs to change it. And I and I completely relate to that because you know I I express feelings of hatred and anger towards my parents in therapy, right? Like and as I was able to do that, yeah, it just opened up just a much bigger channel to then love my parents. That's the paradox here, isn't it? We allow ourselves that hate, that anger, and to to punch the pillows. Uh, and what emerges on the other side is greater love for those very people. Uh, you were beating up, you know, moments earlier. I, I wouldn't. I, I probably love my mother more. I understand her situation, but I wouldn't say that I'm in love with my father. But I understand where he comes from. Right. I don't know whether I'll ever get to love him, but at least I'm. You're an eighty girl, you know. Give yourself a few more years. <laughs> yeah. Can you hit that ninety-five, ninety-eight. Yeah. I. I. I I understand what his problems were, but it's and so we got to like I can see it in my in my grandparents, in my parents, in myself, and then I see it in my kids, and sometimes in my grandkids. So it's like it's this primal pain or lack of love is coming down through our family, and as it does in a lot of families, I, I still do a bit of therapy. I try and do a bit of therapy on people, and nobody, none of my patients come out of a a loving home. They all come out of a dysfunctional homes. And and the person's there doing therapy, and he should bring all his family members in too. Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. I, <laughs> well, that's a very good point. I, I've also experienced that in primal. Is you sort of become, um, yeah, had it had it, 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 it yeah, it, it becomes it, for a while at least. It becomes more difficult. I found it more difficult to relate to my my immediate family members. But over time, you get on the other side of that, and actually, you, you fully understand them, you love them. It becomes actually far easier to relate to them, and you can have empathy as to why they themselves don't want to do therapy. You know, I've, I've made my peace with all that. But yeah, in the ideal situation, all family members would all be doing therapy. Yeah, so I, um, I've got an open situation with my son because he understands primal therapy, but I, but some of my siblings won't let me talk about it because. They don't understand it, and it, it brings up their own pain. And so I, 
so I'm just with them as as family. We we went through a lot together as as children in a in a violent home, and we're all pretty close. But as long as I don't talk about primal therapy, which is a bit disappointing for me, but I I just accept that and I, I enjoy their company. It's family. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And somebody said something very wise to me once about because I went through a period when I was doing therapy of cocooning. Right, I like really consciously kept myself away from all of my family because it, I was I having you. so much to deal with just just the therapy sessions that and right. dealing what was coming up in terms of reminiscences from childhood that exposing myself to my family and then getting triggered on top of that was just 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 too much. And so for a long period, I, I really kept my distance. Um, but then someone said to me, you know, it's, it's, it's important to go back and stir the pot, right? To like, to, to expose yourself, because that's going to bring up more of the pain and the feeling to work on. And, and he was absolutely right. So, um, you know, at least to begin with, that was my, that was my motivation to, to start to reintegrate with the family. And then, yeah, like I say, over time, it's, you know, I'm now at the point where I, you know, I, I, you know, enjoy spending time with my family and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to spend time with yeah. them because, um, yeah, I'm not getting triggered in the way that I used to. Um, fantastic. All right, Gil. Well, thank you so much for your time this evening over in Sydney, this morning here in sunny Suffolk in England. We're having uh, a few days of summer. Uh, <laughs> With uh, yeah, you, have to, you can count. You have to count them each each day of summer, right? In England, it's oh. it's a win. Um, so we'll we'll put links to the books. Um, uh, the, your your latest one, the dysfunctional pain, uh, one cause, one cure. Um, excited for the uh, the sex book to come out. Uh, also, <laughs> oh, yeah. the uh, the book that I read. Uh, we'll link to that. Love and the three loves of consciousness. Um, how early trauma and a fatal flaw in the human brain combine to reduce our capacity to love and be loved. And then I know you've got at least one other book um, that also dealt with sex and sexuality. Am I right? Yes, it did. Love, sex, and mental health. But it was a, yeah. it was a bit um, the, the heading wasn't all that good. But it's but I but I'm focused on the sex thing, I suppose. But that's that's the way I am. But I think it's so important that we get that right. Yeah. In the human species, it's it's key to it's key to just riding the ship, I suppose. Yeah, don't let the Titanic sink. Yeah, and you've got a YouTube channel. Am I right? Oh yes, I have. If people want to want to understand, can I give that a plug? I've got a sure. YouTube. Yeah, called the Three Levels of Mind. If you if you Google you know, Gilbert Bates, Three Levels of Mind, um, I've got about half a dozen videos up now i'm intend to make a lot more and then i intend to sort of continue it on and talk about domestic violence and suicide as, as separate subjects brilliant but the, okay. and, and, you know, I, I am writing i'm writing it two i've got two books on the go another one's going to be a series of essays rather than okay. rather than try and form a, a complete book and have stories i i've come up with the idea of of um of just writing some essays on topics and that's going it's going okay at the moment. There's plenty of topics to talk about, but but even I'm, I'm having trouble promoting proper therapy. So I hope that through your channel I can get a bit more promotion. But I but I a lot of it I need to put in writing so that, that even if it doesn't happen in my time, somebody else might pick the books up and and be led in the right direction. 
Right. Yeah. Well, I certainly appreciate your work. I've really appreciated this conversation. Uh, hopefully we've uh, turned a few more people on to the power of primal therapy. Uh, so uh, I will wish you uh, goodbye. Uh, and thank you once again, Gil. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice for me to talk to somebody with primal therapy too. Good. Right. Okay. Thanks, Richard. Thank you. The Being Human podcast was brought to you by First Human. For more on First Human's human-focused coaching and leadership programs, head to firsthuman.com.